right, folks, welcome in. It's another brand new edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Docker. You can find me on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. And you can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search 901 Soccer. We'll pop right up. Of course, we are part of Bluff City Media. So you can find Bluff City Media on Twitter at Bluff City underscore media. Find them on Facebook as well. Just search Bluff City Media. They'll pop right up. Also, if you are listening to this in the audio-only version, you should be watching it on YouTube. So go to YouTube and like, comment, and subscribe, as the YouTuber kids like to say today. So this one is going to be, not only see just finishes up a three-game homestand, this final th- the third and final game against Hartford Athletic. They get a 4-2 win. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the homestand at large. Take a look at the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, not only did have a chance to clinch a playoff berth tonight, that didn't happen because they needed some other stuff to happen around the country, which didn't go their way, which is fine for the short term. Uh, they're still in pretty good shape to make the playoffs. Um, we'll talk about, uh, you know, obviously the Hartford game, playoff scenarios, uh, look at the standings and look at the schedule uh, the rest of the way. <clears throat> so I guess we'll just go ahead and get right into it. Um, the... Three-game homestand for 901 FC. You come away with six out of a possible nine points. And this is the second three-game homestand 901 FC has had this year. Obviously, that first one was back in June, and that was uh, against Detroit, Tulsa, and Charleston. Also, just fun fact, Detroit has never beaten 901 FC. Uh, just like to throw that out there for anybody, uh, any of the Detroit scumbags that happen to be watching this show because they live rent-free in their heads. Uh, but... You had that three-game homestand back in June of this year, and you came away with seven out of nine points. And then the carpet got pulled out from under you, and you fell flat on your face. But seven out of a possible nine points over three-game homestand, nothing to turn your nose up at. So coming into this one, form wasn't wasn't super great. It wasn't as good as it was going into the previous three-game homestand back in June. But... You know, you'd had back-to-back wins on the road against Indy and San Diego. Got a draw at home against Indy again. Uh, you dropped one on the road at Charleston, then went on the road and got a draw at Detroit. And, uh, you know, who have never beaten 901 FC. And uh, I've lost my place. Okay. So then you come home, and the first game of the three-game home stands against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Competent qualified, consistent, stable organization in the USL. And it was a wild back-and-forth game. Go down 1-0, and you tied it up. You went down 2-1, to tied it up. Then you won 3-2. to Okay, and if you'll recall, I said, much like the Birmingham Legion game in 2021, and everybody knows what I'm talking about, much the way that that game was the turning point for that 901 FC team, I felt that this Tampa Bay Rowdies game could be the turning point for this team. This team is in a little bit much better, a little bit better shape now than that team was then, where they are in the standings. I think uh, that one they were outside of the playoffs, on the outside looking in. This year, already in a much better spot, well within the playoff places. But similar endings, stoppage time winners, not nearly as wild this time as it was last time. But also in the month of also early on in the month of September, um, and then both times they dropped they they dropped their next home game. 
Two years ago, they dropped a weeknight game against Miami, and then this time they followed it up. They dropped against Monterey Bay in a game that they probably should have won because they had more shots than any other game in 901FC history, forced more saves than any other keeper had had against 901FC in the team's history, and couldn't score. That was an immensely frustrating game. You can go check out the podcast on that from last week on the YouTube channel or on Anchor or Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. So that was really frustrating to go from a out-of-control, wild, wacky 3-2 win against Tampa to a disappointing 1-0 home loss against Monterey. Part of the reason for, for the way that those played out is Tampa had an interim coach who didn't understand that when you're up 2-1 to one with five minutes to go in the game, you don't keep playing wide-ass open trying to score. You bunker, you bunker down, build the wall, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to call it, and you prevent the other team from scoring. They didn't do that, and I don't want to see got two goals. When Monterey Bay went up one nothing, they knew what to do. They knew how to hold on to a one zero lead, and I think they won again tonight. They're playing they're playing pretty well right now. So part of that might have just been not want to see catching them at the wrong time. Uh, but still, you hate hate dropping points at home, which could end up being very very important here in the next couple of weeks. But just like twenty twenty one. In 2023, not honestly followed the turning point game up with a home, a disappointing home loss. But last Saturday, all was not lost. You're still comfortably within the playoff places, and you're still well within striking distance of that number four seed, which would mean a home playoff game. I don't think you're going to be able to catch Charleston unless they just absolutely go into the tank. Um which, you know, puts us in the undesirable position of having to pull against Ben Pierman. Ben, as much as we love you, you're, you're loyal. we're loyal to teams and not people. And if Charleston going in the tank means good things for 901FC, by all means, Charleston, please go into the tank. Um, I don't anticipate that happening because I do have a very high opinion of Ben Pierman, um, but stranger things have happened. But, so that sets up Hartford Athletic at home on tonight, on, on Saturday night. And coming into the game, there were, there, was, there were three different things that had to happen for 901FC to clinch a playoff spot. They had to win, obviously. They needed Miami to not win against Pittsburgh, and they needed Tulsa to lose to Oakland. All right, so 901FC took care of business 4-2. to two. We'll get into that more in a minute. And then uh, Pittsburgh took care of business against Miami with a 2-1 to one win. Uh, they got a penalty, if I'm not mistaken, with probably the last kick of the game and won it 2-1. to one. But even had they not, they, they as long as Miami didn't get three points, 901FC was going to be in good shape. Unfortunately, Tulsa did not hold up or, I guess, hold down their end of the bargain. And they won in Oakland, courtesy of, you guessed it, Philip Goodwin. So, not only did not clinch a playoff spot tonight, but they got, you know, just a little bit closer. And uh, feeling feeling pretty good about it. I feel like I've been fairly consistent the last two or three podcast episodes where we're comfortably within the playoff places. But now the most important thing is going step for step and point for point with Louisville. Because I want that home playoff game. And, you know, for the, the let's just get into it. For the first half of the Hartford game tonight, I was ready to write it off. I thought they'd screwed the pooch. I, I 
if, if, if I had texted you or messaged you or whatever, I was, I had, I had the script halfway done for, for angry post game podcast Lawrence. It wasn't going to be good. There were going to, there were going to be, uh, there were going to be all sorts of, all sorts of references, which I'll just keep in my back pocket for the next time I get angry. Perhaps after a U.S. men's national team game, because, you know, Greg Berhalter just has that effect on me because he's just such a swell guy. And uh, I would not want to see, honestly, being down two to one at halftime was a huge win. Now that I think about it, it was incredibly frustrating and quite vexing that they were down two to one because Hartford stinks. They're the worst team in the Eastern Conference. They fired their coach in June. And haven't gotten any better. They did not get the new manager bump. They are awful. Okay. And yes, they got two former 901 FC players. They got uh, Tristan Hodge and he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where, Niall Logue. And did, I personally expected it to be a cakewalk because what, they're still mathematically alive for the playoffs, even after tonight. It, which greatly surprised me. They've won four games. That's one, two, three, four. Like Count count Von Count from Sesame Street. One win. Ah, 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 ah. And so on. They, they won four games this year. That's not good. They've, they've played a lot more than four games, and they've lost most of them. You're, you're, you're the, there's only one team mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and that's Las Vegas, and that's just because they're a wholly incompetent, hapless organization. But Hartford's won four games. The only team to have won fewer games than Hartford is Las Vegas, and they've already been eliminated from the playoffs. So I am guilty of assuming this game was going to be a cakewalk, and right off the bat, it was very obvious that that was not going to be the case. Hartford should have – Hartford scored in the second minute – and the flag went up for offside. Dodged a bullet. Not two minutes later, another great chance. Another widely, wide open, uncontested shot. And then at that point, you know, a little bit of panic starts to set. And it's like, they're not ready to play. Our guys aren't ready to play this game. And they're still mathematically alive over there. So they're they're going balls to the walls to, to try to get three points. So they're not eliminated from the playoff chase. And... Then I don't want to see come. They settled in after about ten minutes. Settle in. All right, everything. Breathe. Breathe. Okay. Game on. Heads on straight. Let's go. Come down. Penalty. Memphis. Yes. Okay. Please let somebody new take the penalty, because I've seen the Aaron Malloy penalty movie too many times. And it was Bruno Lapa that stepped up and took the penalty, and it was a perfect penalty. He went that way, and the goalkeeper went that way. 10901 FC. So at that point, I'm thinking, all right, here we go. Now, now it's now the route is on. Except now the route was not on. Harford came right back down and scored. And it's one to one. And I'm thinking, God, what? What, what the hell, guys? Like, what the hell? What is going on out there? It's basically like they that's the third ball they, that, that's come close to or has been put into the net. It's the only one that's counted, but that's the second one that's been put in the net, and there was another one that should have gone into the net. So what the hell? Well, then even again, it got worse. It got worse a couple minutes later. It got way worse. 
it got so bad that I yelled out, good God, in the press box. Just in the middle of the press. Not that there was anybody in there to hear me, but, you know, that's what happened. And what Drew Romig was doing, I, I don't think any of us will ever know. I don't think if he had intended to pass it to whoever it was that scored for Hartford, I don't think if he had meant to pass it to him, it could have been a better pass. I guess that you want to talk about gift wrapped on a platter. And then as the dude is winding up to shoot, there's not a 901 FC defender anywhere. Everybody's just like, you know, whatever. And goal of the year candidate, it must be said, that was a very good goal from Hartford to make it two to one. And at that point, I, your boy went off the deep end. I was done. I was I, w- I was not in a good spot. Um, he, as, as many of you know, I am quite prone to being prisoner of the moment on a, on a on a macro and a micro level. Although, can you really have a macro level if you're a prisoner of the moment? That's a different debate for for anybody else that wants to have it, but. You know, I was I, I wasn't doing well with it, and at halftime came, and I was like, "We're in trouble. We're pissing away our our chances at a home playoff game, and something's got to change because what you're doing right now ain't working." And something changed because what they were doing right then wasn't working. And Stephen Glass admitted it in the post game to me. He's like, "Look, I don't like having to change formation all that often, but you know, something needed to change." So they went to three at the back, and they you know they made those changes. They brought in Carianza, and they brought on Jelani Peters. And Stephen Glass had very high praise for both of them after the game. And they're in, now you want to talk about instant impact. If right from the jump, all of a sudden, I don't want to see you have all of the ball. It got a little bit frustrating. It almost reminded me of the Monterey game from last Saturday. But, you know, they finally got it going, tied it up, Carianza had a great chance off. I mean, Aaron Malloy put in with the ball at one point, probably a 65 to 70 yard run with the ball. I couldn't believe none of the Hartford players decided to close him down. That's Aaron Malloy's not a dude you want to let build up ahead of steam and just start rolling while everybody else is going too. I, that was that was kind of a surprise. But then again, you know, Hartford is the worst team in the East, and Carianza just. And I, I was like, that's, I was like, that was it. That was it. Like I was, I, mean, I, I was already off the deep end, but I was farther off the deep end when he missed that chance. I was like, that's it. Like that, it ain't going to get any better than that. And it did. It got better than that. And they tied it up. Thank goodness. And then not too terribly long after that, we had a shot that hit the crossbar at like 150 miles an hour. I don't know if that's what it, I don't know that anybody measured it, but you know, it hit it so hard. I'm going to say it was 150 miles an hour and believe it until somebody proves otherwise. Um, so that was awesome. And then you get a free kick shortly thereafter and it's two to two. And, or I may, I may have, you know what I'm going to have, I'm going to have to do this. Cause I feel like I've got the goals. I've got the goal scoring. All out of whack. It was two to two, and then three to two, and then four to two. It was, oh goodness gracious! Just bear with me here, folks. Let me pull this back up because now I'm all over the map. I've, I've gotten in my own head, and I can't remember what's what. So, this is the great part about doing this on a laptop is I can just scroll. Okay. 
There was okay. Here's one play where a 901 C attack got snuffed out because Rodrigo da Costa hit a Hartford defender in the foot. Okay, so yes, right after Cariaga messed up the Malloy chance, the Malloy run, wasted the efforts of Aaron Malloy. Not two minutes later, he scored a great pass from McFadden. Game tied up two at two minutes. Big pardon. Game tied up at two with 30 minutes to play. So around that time is when I looked and saw, you know, did a little bit of scoreboard watching around the league. Louisville, Louisville City got the win at home tonight. So not only he really needed to push, because coming in tonight, you're one point behind them in that race for that fourth playoff spot. So you really needed to get another goal to keep pace. Um, then Luis, for, oh, God, I forgot, the Luis Fernando goal. Almost identical to the goal that Hartford scored, minus the horrendous giveaway by the goalkeeper. Luis Fernando gets the ball 20, 25 yards out, and goal of the year candidate, it must be said. And that put Memphis back in the lead at 3-2. to two. And then you had the Cardianza shot that hit the crossbar at 150 miles an hour. And yes, I'm going to believe that until somebody tells me that it wasn't. Shortly thereafter, Rodrigo da Costa gets his 11th goal of the season off a free kick. Um, I don't know what Hartford's goalkeeper was doing there, but you can't get beat on your near post like that. Uh, I'm glad that he did, um, but I feel like maybe the answers to all of my how did that happen, how did Hartford let that happen questions, those could all probably just be answered with they're the worst team in the East. So now I want to see gets the win four to two over Hartford. They get six out of a possible nine points on the homestand. Stephen Glass said he still want he still wanted that that Monterey game back, which I don't blame him. I would like that back too, because uh, that was a very frustrating way to spend a Saturday night when I could have been at home on the couch watching college football. Much better tonight though. Um, so where does that leave us in the standings now? So that leaves us in the East. In first, you've got Pittsburgh with 57 points. They've locked up a playoff spot. In second, you've got Tampa, even after the loss to Memphis, with 54 points. They've locked up a playoff spot. In third, you have Charleston with 53 points. They have locked up a playoff spot. Everything else is wide open. Nobody in the East has been officially eliminated yet. Louisville City's in fourth with 46 points. We are in fifth with 45 points. One important thing to note, 901 FC's goal differential is plus four. Louisville's is at exactly zero. So if for whatever reason, each team has played 29 games. It, it, it does bear mentioning that one of the talking points over the last several weeks has been all of the extra games in hand that 901 FC has had. Those games are gone. The only teams ahead of them that they have games in hand on are Charleston and Pittsburgh. Um, and then even Birmingham, Birmingham is six points back with two games against 901 FC and they have a game in hand on us or on you. I don't, I don't, if, if you're one of those people that gets mad at saying we and us, then I don't know what to tell you. I use them interchangeably, but whatever. Birmingham has a game in hand on 901 FC with two meetings remaining between the two teams and they're only six points back. 
So you you know with you play them twice, and this is as good of a time as any. Also, one real quick thing. I know I've already splashed the sticker twice. I'm gonna you know flash it a third time here, and mention that by virtue of Tulsa's win tonight, they have pushed Detroit from the eighth spot to the ninth spot. So Detroit, after spending most of the season languishing gloriously outside of the playoff places, they are now right back where they belong outside of the playoff paces. Screw you, Detroit. Um, and, and if you think that this is a position that I am ever at any point in time ever going to move off, move off of, uh, I hate to disappoint you. It's not happening. So the team right behind 901 FC is Indy 11 with 41 points, but they too have played 29 games. So like I said, I don't think there's a chance that 901 FC is going to catch Charleston. Uh, they are five, six, seven, eight points back, but they do have a game in hand on Charleston. But that would just require Ben to just completely start messing himself. And they sort of started that tonight with a 2-2 draw to Loudon. Loudon, not much better than Hartford. Uh, who, uh, with tonight's loss, I believe Hartford has now lost six in a row and seven of eight. That's bad. We we all thought that that stretch for 9-1 FC in July was bad. It wasn't that bad. Uh, so, you've got five games remaining on your schedule. Like I said, two of them are against Birmingham. One's home and one away. The away game is a rescheduled game because of Birmingham's run in the Open Cup. That had to get rescheduled. So the very next game is Wednesday at Birmingham, and then next Saturday is at Tampa. Then you got two more home games. you got two home games left this year. The attendance tonight was 3,417. You've got Saturday the 30th at home against Birmingham, Saturday the 7th at home against El Paso, and then on the road Saturday the 13th at New Mexico United. As long as you don't absolutely mess yourself, you're going to make the playoffs. But you have to, I would say you have to get, I'd say, nine points to feel real good about it. And I'd say you'd probably have to win at least four. You'd have to get nine, ten, eleven points. You'd have to get points the rest of the way if you want to catch Louisville. I don't know what their schedule looks like, but if you want to catch and pass Louisville and get a home playoff game, then you probably need 11 out of a maximum of 15 points. It's a tall task, but we've seen this team go on a long extended run before, you know, from April 1st to basically the end of July, the end of June. They didn't lose a game. They went three months without a loss. That's very impressive. And like I said, the Tampa game could have been the turning point of this whole season. And we don't, we won't really know that until later, but I haven't seen anything to suggest that it wasn't. Um, but those last two games, you, you you need to get six points from those last two games, and you really cannot afford to lose to Birmingham in either of those two games, especially given that they have an extra game in hand on you. So I think that is going to wrap it up. This is a very abbreviated version of the show. It's only 23 minutes, which is, is fine. It's, it's almost midnight. 
uh, we had to delay the, we didn't have to, but I decided to delay the recording of this episode until we got to the end of the Tulsa Oakland game, because if Tulsa had lost and we were doing a show about clinching a playoff spot, that was, that was going to be something I was going to want to celebrate in the moment. Cause it'd been a much happier show than this one already was, but alas, this is not, this did not come to pass. Um, but, Given the fact that they could have clinched a playoff spot tonight, if you can get pick up some more points along the rest of the way, you're going to feel really good about it going forward. But you get as many as you can. Get that home playoff game. All right, that is going to do it for us here tonight on the 901 Soccer Podcast. Thanks for everybody for tuning in and listening. Thanks everybody for for following and liking and subscribing on YouTube and all that good stuff. Um, definitely go over to the Bluff City Media website, check out all the written content that we have over for you for you over there. That includes not just Memphis 901 FC, that includes of late the University of Memphis women's soccer team who are doing very well this season. The Memphis men's soccer team is doing very well this season. They just picked up their first loss of the season last night at SMU. And But that's, like I said, that's their first loss of the season. And we'll be out at the South Campus at Park and Get Well tomorrow for the Memphis women's game against UT Martin. And I'll be sure to have a post-game write-up of that one. So definitely head over to Bluff City Media's website and check that out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Lawrence Dockery. Find me on Twitter at LDoc93. Find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. 901 Soccer on Facebook. Then you can flip it over and find Bluff City Media on Twitter at Bluff City underscore media. Bluff City Media on Facebook. Just search Bluff City Media. And then subscribe to Bluff City Media on YouTube as well. We've got a lot of different shows uh, talking a lot of different content. Become become an insider and a subscriber to the Bluff City Media website. Got a lot of content. Got obviously all things Memphis soccer, U of M, Americans, 901 FC. Got a lot of Tiger. It's Tiger football season. The Tiger football team's three and zero heading up to St. Louis next week to play Missouri after they screwed the Tigers out of a home game at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, so let's hope the Tigers can win that one. But you got a lot of Tiger football coverage. You got Tiger basketball. You got the Grizzlies. There's Redbirds coverage. There's Showboats coverage. Basically, any kind of sporting coverage in Memphis that you want, we've got it here at Bluff City Media. So subscribe, link, like, follow. If you have goods or services interested in advertising, you're more than welcome to reach out to me or to anybody else at Bluff City Media, and we'd be happy to talk turkey with you. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening or watching, and we'll talk to you next time.